All right, blockaders, you know what time it is. It's time to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend himself after a high day of clamming, Mr. Robin Vote. Let's sit back, relax, and make the jump into a galaxy far, far away. Man, rumor has it that galaxy's even out far past Dorchester. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome back to Make the Jump Podcast here from the BrickCityBlockade.com Podcast Network. It's your friend, Mr. Robin Vote here leading it off. And on this special episode of Make the Jump, I am so happy. We've worked it out. We finally got the time to sit down and have a discussion. Sitting across from me, Nville Dyla. It is awesome to have her sitting across from us on this episode. How's it going this evening? And thanks so much for coming on The Blockade. Uh, my pleasure. And I am very well, thank you. I'm enjoying uh, Easter here in Norway with my family. And uh, all is well. Oh, I love hearing that. You're, you're with family. That's one of the best things to hear. That you get yes. Time. That's that's like one, that's tops on the list when it comes to uh, when it comes to the holiday time, whatever holiday it is. You just get to sit down and relax and have some fun at the same time. So one of the things, mm-hmm. one of the first questions I want to ask you about, and again, I went back and I rewatched Rogue One last night. And oh, did you? Yes. Uh, well, as a Star Wars fan, I'm always like Rogue One is like my go-to. Like it, yes. when I when I have some time or I'm working on something, I always have Rogue One on in the background. And every time you come up and and and. You're, <laughs> It, not only in the theaters did it create such an emotional moment be, because of the timing of it when Rogue One came out. Um, yes. I think a lot of us fans, it was like, wow, okay. And it was something we never expected to see. So for you specifically, how did you come about the role of playing the performance capture for Leia in Rogue One? Because it's one of those scenes that I think as Star Wars fans were like, wow, it really mm. took us. Well, I'm glad to hear that um, you've had such a, a, a positive uh, memory from it and and that most fans uh, of Star Wars also seem to um, really connect with that moment. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I never thought I would be in a Star Wars film. Who who thinks that they will ever be (laughs) in a Star Wars film? Especially for me, uh, growing up with um, uh, the old films, it it was uh, such a great honor. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I had, I was living in the UK at the time and I had uh, my agent there, she called me and she said there was a very sort of secretive casting call that had come through. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, lucky to sort of fit the, um, the the physical, how do you say, the sort of the body type that they were looking sure. for. So that was sort of the first hurdle. you got to be this and this tall or short, <laughs> sure. rather. And, and um, uh, once that was done with, uh, the second round was, uh, they asked me to just talk about anything uh, for three minutes. I still didn't know what it was for. Um, and then the third round, after signing a lot of very serious-looking NDAs, uh, they told me that it was Star Wars, and what's more, it was for Princess Leia. And I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's so, so surreal. And and then I had one weekend to prepare, and I, I mean, growing up with the films, I'd seen her so many times on the screen, but now I, I sort of revisited the trilogy again, just honing in on her, and especially just like how she moves, how she talks, uh, all the micro expressions that we all do, but but we you d- don't notice. And so it was very interesting to just um, take her in. And and um, then I had the audition with Darth Vader, who was also auditioning, oh, yes. and we did um, two scenes from A New Hope, 
um, the hologram uh, yeah. monologue, I guess you can call it. And and when Leia meets Vader for the first time on Tantive Four, so oh, yeah. that was that was the process. And then one week later, they called me and said that I, I got it. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, that is amazing. And then it's that part of you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it, and then there's that wait, and you're like, hold on. Hold on a second. Did I do this right? Like, yes. <laughs> yes. And, and then you get that call and it's like, wow, okay, this is, this yeah. is happening, which is so great. And now it, at the time when you were doing the scenes with Vader, was that Spencer Wielding that you were with at that time? Well, he didn't take off his mask. So. He didn't. Oh, geez. I'm going to have to tell Spencer if it was him. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I, well, I don't um... I don't think it was Spencer because I met him uh, several times after this. So right. it wasn't Spencer, I think. Gotcha. Then he would have said, oh, yeah, I remember you from the audition. So it must have been someone else that unfortunately right. didn't get the part. But oh, uh, he man, was a, he was very nice Vader, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was looking <laughs> to give Spencer a rough time next time I see him at a convention. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but no. Give him a rough time. He's a, he's a wonderful person. <laughs> oh, I, we, we absolutely love Spencer here at the blockade. And. That's so great that, that um, you went through that process. That, that's that's the big thing, and I talk to a lot of people about that. It is it is a process? You know, it, it's not just you walk on on set and you do it. it it's one of those things they they take a deeper look into. What is this person going to bring to the screen? You know, mm-hmm. it, and it's so fascinating to hear that from somebody who has done it. And it's mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that insight with us. And let me ask you this in specific. Um, who was of most who was most interesting to you or the most enjoyable individual to interact with on the set of Rogue One because there were so many people I imagine that you did interact with yeah well I've never been asked that question it's a very interesting one uh but actually it's it's very hard to pick one because mm. I mean all the people I met that was involved in uh, the making of Rogue One both on the the Pinewood set and the wonderful people at ILM in San Francisco and LA I mean, they're all such hardworking, dedicated people, and I think most of them are huge Star Wars fans. Mm. So you're just sort of surrounded by like this wonderful gang that are uh, trying to make something magical happen. Um, it's very hard to, to choose one individual, yeah. um, but uh, of course, for me as an actor, it was very interesting to work with uh, Gareth Edwards uh, yeah. and just seeing him in action. That was that was great. He's so uh, down to earth and and generous and you could I could tell he was very excited about doing his little cameo as a, as a rebel soldier and <laughs> so yeah it was great <laughs> isn't it uh, and that's so cool to hear because I've heard nothing but good things as well about mm-hmm. the entire crew from ILM and the entire crew from Lucasfilm no matter who they get to work behind the scenes on these films it sounds like it's a real family I, yeah. I know you know every time you need something done these just from mm. previous interactions with other actors and actresses that have worked on star wars if you need something they will go above and beyond to say okay what is it that you need to make sure that you are successful in, in this mm. film and what are the things that you need to really project the character in the way not necessarily that we want it but in the light of in which you're trying to show us yes. which which is which is amazing to hear and i imagine with Gareth Edwards, I've heard stories as well about Gareth that that he is very generous. He's like, okay, I got to make sure of this going forward that she's ready to roll and that she's she's got the right tools needed to be able to execute that role. Mm, yes, exactly. It was a, I mean, it's a very uh, sort of high um, focus situation, and there's so many 
uh, cogs that has to sort of uh, connect at the right time in the right moment. But but I still felt so at ease on set. Mm. And that's, I think, uh, I don't know who said it, but a good director creates uh, the right environment. Like the, the, they're right. the facilitator of, of the environment that allows people to be creative, to take good, like to be bold, to take chances. Sure. That's when the gold happens i think and and i definitely felt that on rogue one it was it was just a blast oh that's so great to hear that's so great to hear now of course taking on that kind of role i'm just curious did you ever get the chance to meet carrie at all and if not is there an aspect of her with leia because obviously you had to understand like you said before the mannerisms the way she moves the way mm -hmm. she talks and whatever else are there certain aspects from leia in the original films that you really wanted to emanate as in your cfx role as her in rogue one um I at the time for me it was more um, to sort of capture her essence. So I didn't sure. focus on one part of her specifically. Uh, for me, it was more about just becoming a really, really good parrot, like <laughs> <laughs> right, right, just mimicking uh, everything that I could pick up uh, from her. So I, uh, of course, for the audition, I had limited time, but afterwards, mm. in the waiting period between. The, the, the technical stuff and the actual shoot, I, I spent a lot of time um, just getting to know her, uh, like reading her books, uh, watching old interviews on YouTube from when from that time period, right. um, and, and watching the films again and again, just sort of immersing myself both sort of into, into the Princess Leia uh, character and, and herself, Carrie Fisher, because they are... Uh, they, they are connected. I mean, as, as sure. actors always bring a, a lot of themselves into the film. So I felt I just got to take all the, the resources out there. If it's Carrie Fisher or Princess Leia, they are sort of one a unit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah it was, it was uh, very fascinating as an actor to have that kind of process because usually uh, when you act, it's all about making the character your own. Like you have to mm. invent a character. And I'd never done, I mean, of course, you can have a um, play, an actual person, but I hadn't done that before. So for me, it was a completely new challenge. And also because it was VFX and all the, the technical thing, things that comes into it. It was it was just very fascinating and, and just having to be so detailed about the, like, how do I actually move? And, and then I looked at pictures, the, the guys at ILM had taken a lot of snapshots from the original films and I just studied... Wow each of these snapshots of Carrie Fisher and then I try to to mimic like I look at myself in the mirror I had the picture there and then I just try to copy <laughs> <laughs> right so right. yeah it was just a totally new um approach to a role oh that's so cool to have that experience too you know just just a very different approach to what you've done in the past and then having to get into that role and say, okay, I got to do a little bit of homework. I got to do a little bit yes. of studying here. And yes. I, I imagine that that process, I mean, maybe you can elaborate on a little more, but what is that process like that, that whole idea of, I have some homework here to do that I have to like, do you ever feel pressured or do you feel like this is something that I love to be immersed in as an actor and actress? Mm, no, I, I mean, of course, uh, I think I felt the most pressure before the audition Sure. Because I thought, okay, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. I, I can't fuddle this up. So, right. uh, <laughs> but after I got the role, I, I sort of told myself, okay, they they picked me. I don't know why exactly, but 
I gotta just trust their judgment. And once that yeah. thought sort of landed in me, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna relax from here on, just gonna enjoy it, I'm just gonna do my very best. And uh, yeah, I was just very glad to um, have this different kind of, of challenge uh, ahead of me. Yeah, and let me ask you, what has been the most challenging and in contrast, maybe the most enjoyable part of your career to date? Maybe it's with Rogue One, maybe it's with another project. I know we all have mm. our challenges and like our really high points that we always reflect on. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, challenges, I think, I don't think there's one specific moment that was very challenging. Like I know some actors mm. would say like, oh, this was my almost my breaking point. I almost sure. gave up. And I haven't had one of those yet. <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think it's the, more the overall uh, lifestyle of being an actor or a freelance, sure. whatever you do, if it's, uh, yeah, it could be any kind of freelance job um, where you just don't know what's going to happen. Like sure. you, you don't know if you're going to have enough money on your bank account next month. You don't right. know if uh, all your hard work that you put into this audition or this role will ever pay off and so on. And so you just got to get used to that uh, uncertainty. And and also, especially uh, for most actors, you are depending on someone to, to give you a role. Whereas right. when you uh, write, you have more autonomy, at least in the process, like you can enjoy just writing and, and you know you've, you've done something, it's there, but an actor needs an audience. So, right. so there's that frustration, I think, that comes with acting in particular that can be a bit hard to deal with. So the trick for me to, to get out of that uh, conundrum is to do many things, not just act, but to sing, uh, to right. write, to draw, um, and not sort of uh, put all the eggs in one basket, as they say. That's <laughs> and, great. And so, in sort of, yeah, sort of um, not uh, depend on it for your sense of meaning. I think that's that's very important. Uh, but that's been a real challenge to get used to that lifestyle. Um, right. And in terms of uh, highlight, is that was that the part yeah the highlight that you've person? had so far? Yeah. Um, oof, I don't know. Of course, getting. Princess Leia was was a, a huge, uh, special and very unexpected moment sure. in, in my career. Um, but overall, I'd say uh, these moments happen when I... There are moments when I act where I sort of actually get lost in the role and I forget that I'm acting and I sort of become. And, wow. and that's very special. Uh, but yeah. it doesn't happen very often. But sometimes I sort of lose myself and that's great. But... But I actually also just really enjoy the process. Like whenever I'm working with a good team and mm -hmm. I feel I can, um, we can brainstorm and they want my opinion and we can sort of uh, work on it together, that, that sort of team effort on set mm. is, is marvelous. And, and especially if I feel that this film matters, like this is a story that should be told, hopefully it will have a positive impact uh, on the world. Like that's when it becomes really meaningful to me. Yeah, the, 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 those investments that you have in the product in which you are a part of and being able to be part of that team. Absolutely. I agree mm -hmm. with you 100%. That seems to be a very common thread is you, you want to feel that what you're putting your time and effort into is yes. something that everybody can be part of. And yes. I feel like that with podcasting too. I feel like like I talk about this all the time. 
when, whenever, and I love that you bring up the idea of being multifaceted in different areas, you know, you want to be able to expand your knowledge and expand the way in which you perform, you could say, mm-hmm. into different realms, because you just never know which one is going to take you somewhere. <laughs> and, True. And, and, to, and to head down those different pathways, they all meet up at one point. And I have to say, I love hearing that because we live in a world today where I feel like some people want to go down one path and that's the only path they feel that is the mm-hmm. best for them. And you know what? In many yeah. cases, it can be. But if you split off and try different paths, sometimes they end up coming back to the same place and you have those amazing moments. So True. it's amazing what that can really do. And I imagine in the world of of being an actress, it's very similar. There's different different paths you can take. Mm, yes, yes. And I think that's important for people who uh, are maybe considering to become actors that they, mm. there's so many ways that you can be an actor. There's not uh, a set rule about it. And, and people also, of course, go into it for different reasons. But um, yeah, I think people just got to be um, honest with themselves and think, okay, what is it that I want from this? Is it meaningful to me? And um, then it can be a good thing, uh, no matter if you make it big or not i mean that's that should kind of be irrelevant it's more about the, the mm. process at least that's the way i see it <laughs> yeah the, the process is what makes everything happen we, yes. we get our best experiences from the process itself whether it turns out the way we want or whether it doesn't it, it really is about having those experiences and that actually leads perfect right into this actually if you were to have a piece of advice for that one actress the young girl mm. who wants to make her way into the world of acting what would it be? And I feel like the multiple paths things is kind of part of that. But at the same time, what, yeah. is, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to them? Um, I'd say get a second job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, for, I like that the, one. <laughs> for the rainy days. Um, and um, try to learn as much as you can about everything that interests you. Like anything can be useful in acting. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, like all all the auditions that you didn't get, all the research you did for for a character. I mean, yeah, it will always uh, serve you in some way or another. And and I mean, f- failure is also a great way to learn. So yes. I think it's important to just have a very um, open mindset and just sort of embrace the absurdity of this mm. industry and the absurdity of what we're trying to do. Like just that sentence, act natural. Like it's just insane what we're trying to do. But if if it sometimes when it all comes together it can create uh so much meaning and and really inspire people to to be better and do better and and that makes it all uh worth it all the all the strange thing and the circus and the you know all the, the bad side of the industry luckily sometimes there is a payoff and and um so i yeah i would encourage people to go into the arts but just be um I don't know, I wouldn't say, be reasonable, like with, like, just be practical, like find a way to make sure you, you can still eat and you don't have to sell yourself short and, and do the things that you actually enjoy. Don't go for the, for the, how you say the, uh, don't go for the flashiness of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glamour. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. What, what what you enjoy whether that's uh doing improv at your local theater like that's great improv mm. is amazing i love improv <laughs> yeah it, it's and it's awesome to watch because when you're we have a local improv 
uh, theater here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And, it, and it's fascinating to see, you know, these people do all this improv and everything. And then you notice there's that one person sitting out in the crowd and you notice that they're taking notes on that individual and they're watching them very closely. You don't know. And I imagine for you, you don't know until you step out onto the stage what the possibilities are until mm. after the fact. And yes. to almost go in with, to it with not expecting that, just mm. just going out and being yourself and doing your th own thing. Yes. I mean, improv. I, I was so afraid of doing improv for so many years and then I started, uh, I joined a group when I lived in Brighton and I did it for four mm. years and I recommend improv to every anyone, like even if you don't want to be an actor, I, actually most of the people I did improv with were not actors, they were programmers, doctors, nurses, right. truck drivers, all kinds of people and it's just, I think it's just such a beautiful uh, cathartic experience in our mm society to to be able to play as as adults to have fun to one the one minute you're a bear living on mars and the next you're a right. uh, grandmother you know like it's just it's just good for humans to be able to be feel free for a little bit and not be judged and being okay with making a fool of yourself we all need to do that every now and then i think yeah, we we sometimes live in a world where being serious is believed to be the only way to be. But really, until you step out of your skin and say, you know what, I'm not a human right now. I'm a, I'm a bear on Mars. Like, yeah. you, you really <laughs> don't understand life until you have that experience. I I, I totally believe in that, too. And I, it, it's amazing the experiences you can have with that. So I you know what? I 1000 times agree with said statement of, uh, <laughs> of checking out improv and whatever else, because you never know where that could lead you. Now, one of my last questions for you is, mm -hmm. um, I noticed that you did a little bit of history studies. I, I oh, did yes. some research and <laughs> over on this side here at Brick City Blockade, I am a huge history buff. Oh, I, nice. I, I, I grew up reading classic Renaissance. I read up all the, I mean, specifically with American history, the American revolution, the French revolution, yes. all all different aspects of history. So for you in particular, if you could live in one specific time period in history, seeing that in your studies, you take a <laughs> deeper look into that. With history as a focus, what time period would you love to have grown up in? Well, could I could I go forward in time? Is that oh, I think forward in time is more than welcome. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I'm, I mean, I am, I love history um, and uh, it, there's just so much richness and so much we can learn and just share fascination of all the ways humans have lived but Absolutely. if I were to go there myself I think I would go forward um, for many reasons uh, one is my just curiosity about sure. what happens next another thing is my concern of just how tough it was back then like you don't yeah. have to go very far back for it to be very difficult from for many people but just like thinking about uh, operation without anesthesia those three words right. you know that sort of <laughs> makes me want to yes. go go further into the future it's instead. So true. <laughs> in practical terms um and i'm 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 just really um curious and interested about the future uh like uh, when we will go to mars when we will go have a moon base uh, maybe yes. a space elevator when we have figured out how to cure all those um horrible diseases and mm. and uh, where ai could take us in a positive direction like this is me describing the 
the the more sort of positive narrative of mankind. Usually with sci-fi, especially, there's a lot of uh, dystopian it's narratives, so and they're good because they are cautionary tales. But mm. I think it's also great to think, well, what if humanity sort of got through this adolescent stage uh, that we're in? We're sort of figuring things out, but we're still also quite, you know, primitive, and our reptilian brain is very much. Uh, kicking into gear quite easily still, and you know, but but I think it's important to imagine the the good version of the future as well, because yeah. maybe it can inspire us to actually make it come true and not just be a, a fantasy. So, yeah, if I could choose, I think I'd love to go into the future when we have at least a base on Mars. Maybe, like, um, Maybe it's already been terraformed. Maybe we can actually breathe on Mars and maybe we live for a great deal longer. And probably humans have like actually physically changed. Our bodies are different. And, you know, I mean, the the opportunities are potentially endless. Um, So I'm just, as much as I love history, I think I'd choose um, the future. (laughs) Yeah. And I have to say that now that you've answered that, I have to get your perspective on this because... More recently, scientists found that black hole and they took a picture of it. And my mind absolutely exploded. I was like, <laughs> my goodness gracious, what is traveling into that black hole? But it, what it shows is this. And I'm, you bring up the Mars thing. I'm like, yes, please. Let's get to Mars as soon as possible. Let's start building that foundation. And when you look at that, when you look at that black hole, you say, OK, this is something that we have not seen yet. But this mm. is something that shows that there's truly something more than just the planet that we sit on that yeah. exists way out there and that there's possibilities out mm. there as much as a black hole. And they say, oh, you know what? That black hole may suck in 27 planets. Hey, you know what? It tells me that there's there, there is something out there that exists other than this planet and yes. that we have a greater purpose than to just sit on this planet. We we have a we have a purpose to go out and explore what's beyond us. And I I feel like that's that's like the future. Like you said, that's where we should start heading towards. Definitely. Definitely. You have to dare to 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 think big and dream big. I mean, if you were to to go back in the future and and just share uh, what you do on a normal day in 2019, like, say, in 1755, they would be Mm. shocked. They wouldn't believe it. But this is reality. And so I think it's so important never to uh, limit uh, our imagination when it comes to what's possible in the future. Yeah, that's. Uh, I just want to encourage people to to also think positive thoughts about what lies ahead because often people get a bit sort of sad about the state of the world. And of course, Very there are true. so, so many challenges. I mean, AI and automation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, the threat of nuclear war and, and uh, uh, climate change. But I think we we can find a solution and we just, I mean, for me, there's no other uh, option. Like I just have to believe that we can work through this, like hope as, as, uh, as I said in the film, (laughs) (laughs) that's right. it's become become a very, very important word for me personally. And and we need, we need hope. That's, that's how we move forward as, as a species. Well said. I I could not have said that any better. And guess what? It came from the person who played Leia in Rogue One. And that is the (laughs) best way to put it. And on that galactic positive note here, we've reached that time of the podcast. Very sad. We could have kept talking about everything (laughs) happening in the world and how we can fix it as soon as possible. 
yes. with all of your help in the world. But it's come <laughs> to that part of the show that we like to call plug time here at the Brick City Blockade. So, Miss Ingvild, where can the good people find you across social media? Ooh, um, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you just uh, Google Ingvild Sintropia, I'm in the process of changing my name. Uh, Sintropia is my own invention. It sort of means nice. anti-entropy. Um, so yeah, because that's what I want to happen, that we can we can stop chaos and keep yes. all the good things running. So yes. if you Google Ingvild Sintropia, uh, you will find me on, on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, you make sure to go and do it here at the blockade. We have followed her and we love everything that she's sharing out that positive mindset. That's the one thing I've learned from this. She's, she's carrying such a positive mindset with her <laughs> about the future. And that's what we're all about here at the podcast network and what I'm all about at the same time. So you guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote tweets. Check me out over on Instagram with that positive message too at the official vote. And you can also check out all the podcasts at www.brickcityblockade.com. Head on over to Patreon to support the net network. You can head on over to T Public to rock the network and also make sure to check out our Starlight Children's Foundation Galaxy of Joy program, bringing smiles to kids' faces in hospitals around the country and around the world every cent at a time. It has been such an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you so wow. much for coming on. And uh, you're an honorary you so blockader here. Me. You're an honor honorary blockader. Oh, here. really? So, uh, yes. Wow, so thank you so much. <laughs> you come on anytime you would like. Thank you so much again. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Robin. <laughs> Absolutely. And as we always say here at the Podcast Network, hey, may the force be with you. May the force be with you, Robin. Always. <laughs> always. Always.